The Ryan McClanahan Show, episode 261. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to The Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Brian McClanahan. Like my Facebook page at Brian McClanahan. And of course, subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast at Brian McClanahan. If you don't want to find all those social media accounts, just go to my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. That's B-R-I-O-N, McClanahan.com. At the top of the page, you'll find all my social media buttons. While you're there, give me an email address and I'll give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, and a free audiobook of the same title read by yours truly. You can support The Brian McClanahan Show by going to brianmcclanahan.com forward slash support. You have a couple of options there. You can get a book plate. If you have one of my books, which one of those books I'm going to talk about today, I'll send you a book plate and uh, put my autograph on it. You stick it on your book. You've got my autograph. It's a win-win for you and a win-win for me. You can also support the show there by donating a few pennies or bucks or whatever you got. Throw a few things my way. Help keep the lights on. Help keep the podcast going. You can also go, the best way to support the show, though, is to go to mclanahanacademy.com. mclanahanacademy.com. It's always free to enroll. When you do enroll, check your email. You get a free course, 10 Myths of American History. And, of course, those who are enrolled in the academy get the best deals on forthcoming courses. And I have one coming up. That's a big hint. Uh, So you're going to want to get in on that deal because it'll be the lowest price you'll ever get on that class. Okay, so it's a new class coming out. Within a very short amount of time, if you're listening to this podcast when it's released. So, McClanahanAcademy.com. I've also got seven classes available for purchase. A lot of great stuff. One of those classes I'm going to talk about today, you're going to want to get it. And, of course, you can also support the show by going to BrianMcClanahan.com. Clicking on the Shop tab. It'll take you out and get your, you can get my logo and all kinds of cool stuff. T-shirts. Skins for your electronic devices, stickers, wall plates, all kinds of great things. So it's a great way to support the show and also advertise the show and let people know you want to think locally, act locally. And finally, go to Learn True, Learn T-R-U-E, LearnTrueHistory.com. That's my affiliate link for Tom Woods Little Classroom. You can also support me by going there and using that affiliate link. That way you get a great website, a lot of bang for your buck, over 20 courses. I teach there along with Tom Woods, Brad Berzer, Kevin Goodsman. Bob Murphy, Jason Jewell, a lot of great people, so uh, you're going to want to get in on that too. All right, well, let's talk about the issue of the day, which of course is all over the news. If if you're living under a rock and you don't know it, it's of course Trump's impeachment, potential impeachment, I should say, and the impeachment inquiry. So we've got an issue with this. I've been asked, is is, is Trump really guilty of something that could lead to impeachment? And so I actually want to start um, with our favorite leftist lunatic. Uh, if you if you are if you want to know what the what the progressive leftist lunatics think, then you just need to go to Alexandria Ocasio Cortez and her Twitter account. Um, she is she is the uh, billboard for the progressive left. Now, this is what she said 16 hours ago. These were things that she believes are impeachable offenses. Trump Tower uses a piggy bank was enough. Now, I'm not so certain what she means by Trump Tower uses a piggy bank. 
Um, if she means that, well, I'll get into all this. Ten incidents of obstruction of justice was enough. Permanently separating children and parents for profit was enough. Detention camps were enough. Muslim ban was enough. Trans service member ban was enough. Ukraine is beyond enough. Um, so this is her case for impeachment. These things. These things are what is enough. Okay? Now, this is also the same person that uh, has a pinned tweet. These are the things that she says are radical extreme left agenda. Medicare for all, living wage and labor rights, K-16 through schooling, 100% renewable energy, fixing the pipes in Flint. It's amazing that um, that's somehow the responsibility of the congresswoman from New York. That doesn't make any sense. Not hurting immigrants, not hurting immigrants. Holding Wall Street accountable, not hurting immigrants. So this is, again, the leftists. You want to know what the progressive left is thinking, just go to her Twitter account. But so let's just start this this process of talking about impeachment based on what she's saying in this particular tweet. Now, we know that the issue at hand, at least the the dominant issue, is did Trump do anything incorrect or did he break the law by discussing Joe Biden with the Ukrainian president? Um, and is this an impeachable offense? Did, did Was he asking the Ukrainian president to interfere in American elections. Now, in order for that to have been the case, okay, in order for Trump to have said that he was asking for interference in the election, he would have had to have said that. Now, he never brought up the election. He only mentioned Biden once. If you read the transcript of the call, now I know the left is running around saying, it's not a transcript. It's no, it's not the official. We don't, we don't have the call. Because you see, it didn't work out the way they wanted. They thought they'd get this transcript. It was going to be a bombshell. Trump was going to say, look, I got this election coming up. I need you to get into this or I'm not going to give you something. There's no quid pro quo. No, the left can't, is not even claiming this really anymore. I mean, they're kind of still hinting around at it, but they know that there's really nothing there. You see, this is simply just now Trump went out and he wanted to investigate his potential or his opponent in election. Now, here's a couple. First of all, Joe Biden is not his opponent right now. He hasn't been nominated by the Democrat Party. We don't know who's going to be nominated by the Democrat Party at all. We don't know. I think there is some merit that the left uh, wants Joe Biden out of the way. So this is a way to get him removed as well. I mean, look, Joe Biden has made a fool of himself many, many times in these debates. He looks old. He looks like he's not with it. He's just not there. And they certainly want one of their darlings, like Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders, to get the nomination. They don't really want crazy Bernie because he, again, is too old. Elizabeth Warren is at least younger. Uh, she is weird, and she won't win, because I think once you put her into the general election, there's no way that anyone votes for that woman. I mean, look, Trump will, will run all over her. And, and it'll be, I mean, the, the issue that she is a fraud is going to be brought up over and over and over again. So there is no way that Trump is going to, um, has done anything here that is, it's a, it's a big fat nothing burger. There's no quid pro, pro quo. Uh, he, he didn't say at all that, look, I'll, I won't give you this aid unless you do this for me. I know the left was running around trying to say, well, he went, he transitioned from this to this. 
Clearly, that was intended to be quid pro quo. I don't know. I mean, I didn't see that. I don't think anybody with half a brain saw that. But the left, because they're so fixated on in Trump uh, on Trump impeachment, sees it. So let's go through her list. I'm not certain what she means again by Trump Tower uses a piggy bank was enough. Um, there's just nothing there. I mean, if this is because he was financing his own campaign, I, I, I just don't get that one. Uh, Ten incidents of obstruction of justice. There's no, there's no evidence of that. She, again, is reading into the Mueller report here where he really didn't say there was obstruction of justice. Uh, she's reading into it to get that. So, again, this is, this is making stuff up to prove your point. Permanently separating children and parents for profit was enough. For profit? I mean, is he break? Look, is he following the law there? Is, is the general government following the law? Well, absolutely. They're following the law. So that's not really a violation of the oath of office. Detention camps were enough. Um, again, this is the law. So it's a law that Congress passed. And so he's following the law. Muslim ban was enough. Now, he didn't ban all Muslims from coming into the United States. Again, fabricating information. Trans service member ban was enough. Um, now, Trump is commander-in-chief of the United States Armed Forces when they're in the actual service of the United States, which means that he is commander-in-chief of the standing army. So he can make rules that, that doesn't violate the Constitution. So... Again, not really an impeachable offense. And then Ukraine is beyond it. So what she's done here is listed a bunch of political charges against the president. These are political charges. They're not incidents of law-breaking. She can say obstruction of justice was, but again, no evidence that happened. These aren't incidents of law-breaking. These aren't incidents that where he violated his oath of office. These are just simply partisan charges against the president because she doesn't like him. And essentially, that's what this entire impeachment process boils down to. The Democrats, for two years, have been trying to get rid of President Trump because they don't like him. They don't think that he is the legitimate president. They've said as much. Now Hillary Clinton is running around saying that she is, is the, or Trump is an illegitimate president, and I guess she believes she's the legitimate president because she got more popular votes, but that's not how you win the election. So even there, she is... Um, wrong. So did Trump commit an impeachable offense, or has he committed any impeachable offenses since he took office? So what I'm going to do is go back and look at my Founding Fathers Guide to the Constitution. We're going to talk about um, what I said about impeachment in that book. And I remember uh, how the, sh the way people were shocked, and I've said this before, how many people were shocked when I said, you know, virtually every president in the last hundred years should have been impeached. Everyone. Everyone? What do you mean? Everyone should have been impeached. Yes, virtually every president of the last hundred years should have been impeached. So it, would Trump fall into that category? We know Barack Obama would have. I mean, you don't want to talk about, uh, and, I'll, and I'll outline when I say, look, this is what the founders thought about impeachment. George W. Bush, yeah. Uh, Bill Clinton was impeached, but certainly should have been impeached. Uh, George H.W. Bush, absolutely. Ronald Reagan, certainly. What about Trump? So let's go back to the to what I wrote about impeachment in this book. Founding Fathers Guide to the Constitution. If you don't have it, look, I don't know if Barnes & Noble still carries it for eight bucks, 
but it was $8 for a time at Barnes & Noble. So I haven't seen it in mine in a while, but it doesn't mean they don't have it somewhere else. So you can get it for 8 bucks. It's quite a deal. Quite a deal. All right, so this is what I said on page 104 and 105 for impeachment. And I went through this. Um, I went through this with uh, with um, the framers in mind and the ratifiers, what they said about impeachment, how, what they said should be an impeachable offense. So here's what I said. During the Philadelphia Convention, James Madison listed incapacity, negligence, perfidy, peculation, oppression, and betraying his trust to foreign powers as the chief causes for impeachment. Edmund Randolph thought that the, quote, executive will have great opportunity of abusing his power, particularly in time of war when the military force and in some respects the public money will be in his hands. Governor Morris thought bribery, treachery, and corruption were sufficient grounds for impeachment. And during the Virginia Ratifying Convention, Madison called acts of, of a purely partisan nature a misdemeanor. Of course, the phrase good behavior was bandied about quite, was bandied about quite often during the ratification debates. The founding generation believed that meant the president should not abuse his trust or his power and should remain faithful to prescribed constitutional limits. Thus, perfidy and negligence could be considered high crimes and misdemeanors, as could abuse of power, and without question, the founding generation believed that the president broke the law he should be removed from office. Under this definition, if we adhere to the Constitution as ratified by the founding generation, several presidents in the last 100 years should have been impeached and convicted for exceeding their constitutional authority an abuse of power. So, I make the case in this book very strongly that if you look at original intent, which is how we should understand the Constitution, there are several things you can impeach the president for. Now, on that list from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, do any of those warrant impeachment? I could actually make a case Trump could be impeached for other things. Um, I think that he could be impeached. Look, he hasn't upheld his oath of office. But that's not what they're going after him for. Uh, he hasn't upheld his oath of office to uh, defend the Constitution because he's violated it by signing unconstitutional legislation. He's violated by issuing executive orders. He's done things that are, uh, in, in a way, uh, if you go by original intent, violating violations of the Constitution. He certainly has. Without question. But that's, again, not what we're talking about here. And by the standards that have been set over the last two centuries, is Trump liable to impeachment? If we go by those standards, then no. If we go by original intent, maybe. So, has he, is he incapacitated? Well, no. Is he negligent? I mean, this is a, what does that mean? He's not doing his job. So on the list that Ocasio-Cortez uh, had there, negligence is not one of those. I mean, he's, he's upholding the laws that have been passed. In fact, you could say that the Congress has been negligent, been derelict in their duty to uphold and defend the Constitution. I think Trump has been trying, when you look at things like securing the border, and we, can, we could debate as to whether that's even a power of the federal government or not, but this is a power that's been assumed by the general government. So if Trump is trying to secure the border, 
and this is something that he said he was going to do when he was elected, well, then he's not really being negligent there. Um, is oppression one? I mean, is he, is he violating civil liberties of the American public? I mean, he's picking on the news, but he's not doing anything else. People still get all that consume all the leftist progressive news that they want. He hasn't thrown anybody in jail over this. I mean, you want to talk about presidents that have done that. Well, that's that's easy to find. Abraham Lincoln, Woodrow Wilson. I mean, certainly they were more guilty of oppression than uh, Trump ever has been. Did he betray his trust to a foreign power? This is an interesting one. This is one that uh, I think the left would say, yeah, yeah, he did. He betrayed his trust to a foreign power. He said something about Joe Biden. He's asking for help in these, for the election. He didn't really do that, though, did he? If you read the transcript, he didn't really do that. He didn't say, look, I've got this election coming up. You know, I need some help here. Now, we know that Obama did that with the Steele dossier and Hillary Clinton. He was trying. I mean, look, he's, he's wiretapping a candidate for president of the United States. We know this is going on. And he's and not only that. He's got foreign help. He's got a foreign agent, a British subject, digging up dirt on Donald Trump. Or at least Hillary Clinton did. And Trump, and, I'm sorry, and Obama was backing that play. So if you want to talk about the two, that's betraying his trust to a foreign power. We've got Obama on a hot mic saying, hey, look, uh, right now, uh, I can't really do anything. But, uh, you know, after this election, um, certainly I mean, we, can, we can deal more because I'm not, I'm not trying to campaign any longer. That's betraying his trust to a foreign power. What Trump did is say, hey, look, you know, I've got, uh, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to look into this server. Somebody got this server thing, said it's in Ukraine. We're trying to look into this criminal investigation. There are investigations ongoing. We know that they were, that uh, the left is saying, well, these things were found not to, not to be a case in the Ukraine, but people have come out now in the Ukraine and said, yeah, we need to look into this a little more. There's something more to this. So Trump is, is looking at this and saying, yeah, there's, potentially a violation of the law here, and we need to look into this. He's going more he's more going after Hunter Biden than Joe Biden, but of course we know Joe, and Joe Biden's on tape admitting that he did this. Hey, look, I'm not going to give you this money unless you fire that guy. Trump never suggested a quid pro quo, but Joe Biden certainly did. Joe Biden's son, and you can say this is not illegal, but it's highly corrupt. So Trump is trying to look out for corruption. So is he betraying his trust to a foreign power? In fact, what you could argue is that he's trying to clean up corruption in Washington. He's trying to clean up corruption from the previous administration. Is that betraying his trust to a foreign power? Absolutely not. Is Trump doing anything that's not in the best interest of the United States? Trump has many things, but I don't think he is someone who would do that. Uh, is he being bribed? No. Is he being treacherous, as Governor Morris said? No. Are we at a time of war where Trump can abuse the public money? Well, we know that the government abuses the public money, but that's—I mean—that's everybody now. So I mean, we'd have to—we'd have to throw everybody out of office. Um, is he doing anything that's a purely partisan nature? Well, I mean, certainly every president has. Again, in the last hundred years, purely partisan nature. Well, certainly Trump has done some things that are partisan in nature, but most of that is just rhetoric. I'm not so certain if you look at Trump's track record as 
signing legislation. I mean, look, he signed this last budget into law, which was not partisan at all. I mean, if, if anything, it was more in line with what the progressives wanted. Uh, so is that purely partisan? Um, he's trying to uphold, I mean, is what he's saying about, say, the Second Amendment, is that purely partisan? Uh, or any of these other issues that we could talk about that have gone on under his administration? Are these things really purely partisan, or are they just um, following the party, the Republican Party, or whatever has passed? I mean, these signed. And look, I mean, is, is, is signing a bill that lowered taxes, is that purely partisan? I mean, uh, Ocasio-Cortez points to a quote-unquote Muslim ban, which it wasn't. There's no Muslim ban there. He didn't say all Muslims are not allowed in the United States. It's not what he said. It's not what he did. And in fact, it was the same, almost the same exact thing the Obama administration did at one point. So, I mean, has Trump done anything that's purely partisan? No. He continued, uh, unfortunately, some of the policies of the Obama administration in terms of foreign policy. So is he purely partisan? I mean, this is where you have to start asking these questions. Who's The people that are being purely partisan, and I think it's fairly obvious now, are the Democrats in the House of Representatives because they don't really have much to go on here. Uh, they've wanted to get Trump out of office. They don't consider him to be legitimate. If you, if, you go any, if you go on Twitter, which is a leftist cesspool, and it's hilarious to watch these people melt down on Twitter. I mean, it really is. If you want to have a good laugh, go on Twitter and watch what these people say because it is absolutely hysterical. And I mean that not just because you're laughing at it, but because they are hysterical. They're in hysterics. Uh, they, are, they don't really know what to do with themselves because they didn't win the election. And for two years, they've been on social media complaining incessantly, thinking that they have every, every month, they think, oh, we got this. This is going to get rid of Trump because Hillary Clinton's the rightful president. Uh, somebody on, uh, on uh, Facebook put a picture up of a magazine uh, article that was published just before the 2016 election. It was Trump, an article about Trump. Is he going to allow the election to stand if he loses? Are Trump supporters going to allow that? The question, that shouldn't have been asked. The question should have been, would Hillary Clinton supporters allow that? And they haven't. You want to talk about obstruction? It's been the Democrats and the Hillary Clinton supporters. I mean, they had a nothing burger with Kavanaugh. They've tried to use this impeachment. I think even though Americans are, the polls now, all Americans want to see an impeachment inquiry, they're not going to find anything. And I think once this backfires again, which it's going to, I think that, and I said this, Trump has just secured the 2020 victory. We know that in 1996, one of the reasons why Bill Clinton was able to win that election is because the, the impeachment proceedings. And Clinton was impeached, and I think accurately impeached at that time. I mean, he broke the law. So uh, that's, if you go by what, what I said here, if the president breaks the law, they are to be impeached and removed from office. Clinton broke the law. He just wasn't removed from office, but he was able to use this as, hey, look, these people are just out to get me. Now, a lot's changed in 20 years. And here we are 23 years later. A lot has changed. Uh, people like Ocasio-Cortez were barely even born yet when that happened. I mean, they were just in elementary school. And now these people have been brought up for and all through the education establishment 
believing things that aren't true. And if you look at her agenda, it's, it's complete doomsday socialist nonsense. But that's because that's what they get in school, and so they believe these things. Uh, the voting public has changed. 20, in 1996, you had a lot more people out there that were uh, from that quote-unquote greatest generation. Uh, a lot of those people are dead now. Almost, In fact, almost all those people are dead now. Um, and the baby boomers are now in their 70s. They were in their 50s back then. Um, things have changed. Things have changed. And the electorate has moved further left for the Democrats. I mean, without question. In fact, in my forthcoming course, I call the last lecture the triumph of progressivism because that's what we have here in the 21st century. If you don't, if you don't believe that, then you're not paying attention. Now, I go through all this stuff, impeachment, in my American Constitutions course. People ask me questions all the time that I go over in my courses. And, and um, I mean, that's... I hate to say that because, you know, people think, well, you're just trying to sell. Well, that's how I monetize the podcast, right? So this is how I do these things so I can do this this podcast for free. I mean, I don't charge anything for this. 30-minute lectures or 30-minute discussions once or twice a week. Once I finish up this class that I'm working on, you'll get me back twice a week again. But for right now, it's just once a week. So, I mean, but by buying the courses, you help support this podcast and you help keep this thing going. But I go over America, my American Constitutions course is over 40 lectures. It's a great class. Um, and I go over all these issues. And I discuss this also in that course. But based on what the founding generation said about impeachment, Trump, the, the case that they have, the Democrats have now, it's a flimsy case. Now, the one thing I'll say about originalism and impeachment, if we had followed this line for 200 years, then I think you could easily make a case about anything. With, with Trump right now, uh, but we haven't. In fact, the standard has been that we have to have a real situation where the president broke the law to be impeached, but we've never had one removed from office. So if you go back to Andrew Johnson, I mean, he, he broke the law, even though the law was unconstitutional, he broke the law, and he still wasn't removed from office. You go back to uh, Nixon, who wasn't impeached, but, of course, the process began. Um, did Nixon break the law? No. Did he abuse power, certainly by trying to cover up the fact that some of his people broke the law? Well, I mean, is that an impeachable offense? We would have had to hash that out. But again, the Democrats were out for Richard Nixon, which Nixon deserved it, right? I mean, look, he's one of my nine presidents who screwed up America. And then there is Bill Clinton. Did Bill Clinton break the law? Absolutely. Was he removed from office? No. And we all know that no matter what happens to Trump here, even if he is impeached, he's not going to be removed from office. I mean, people think that just because they impeach him, I really think that in some ways the Democrats believe that once they impeach him, he's gone. He's, he's out of office. Of course, that doesn't mean anything. He's not out of office once he's impeached. So if he is impeached. So my position on Trump, there's not enough here to impeach him anyways. Even by an original standpoint, originalist standpoint, there's just not enough there. This is a big fat nothing. But of course, the Democrats are running around saying that it is. I think they're going to be exposed as being as the ones who are being purely partisan. Um, and uh, that will be the, the end of it for their hopes of winning the 2020. Now, I'm going to tell you, if Trump wins in 2020, 
The meltdown is going to be absolutely hilarious. Absolutely hilarious if Trump wins in 2020. There's no doubt about it. Um, the Democrats will fall all over themselves trying to... Um, I don't even know what they're going to do. Uh, but it would be absolutely hilarious. Hilarious. I mean, political theater is funny. And I and I want to end this this podcast with this. And I said it in the last in my last email. So if you're on my email list, you got this. But look, the political theater is messy, but it's still a wonderful world. And it is because I've stopped even worrying about this a long time ago. If Trump's impeached, so what? And at the end of the day, so what? Uh, it really doesn't matter, and it shouldn't matter, because if we're all thinking locally and acting locally, anyways. The president, the Congress, all these people would be virtually irrelevant. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez would have no power because the states would just block all of her unconstitutional nonsense. If we really had people thinking that way. So the objective for you, if you listen to this podcast, is to get your friends, your neighbors, your family members to start thinking this way. They're saying, you know what? We can affect change here in our local community. We can have a better society here. And isn't that what we all want anyways? We sweep around our own back door and our own back porch, and we take care of things at home. Isn't that what we want? And I know there's obstacles to this. I mean, you've got you've got all kinds of issues with that, and I know there's, there's these things that are there. But certainly, um, if you look at how the progressives, how they've triumphed, it's because of the fact that they've taken over the education system in America, so I'm trying to help with that with McClanahan Academy and doing these podcasts and Liberty Classroom, Learn True History. There are things out there to try to fight back against that. Uh, they've taken over a lot of civic organizations. They've gotten involved in local politics and state politics. Now, at the state level, they're, they're in the minority. I mean, we know this across the United States. that The progressives have a problem at the state level, which is why they keep going to the national, quote-unquote national, to do things. They're in trouble there. All the states need to do is just stand up and say, enough. We're not doing these things. You can pass all this unconstitutional legislation you want, but we're not doing it. And, of course, the progressives can do the exact same thing if the right was in power. But that's the key to all of this, right? That's the key to everything. And if we just understood that, who cares about President Trump or Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez? I'll see you next time on The Brian McClanahan Show. 